Hello and welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Show. Uh, we're going to be looking at Jeremiah chapter 28. Jeremiah 28. Uh, but just before that, I wanted to draw your attention to this event that's happening uh, tonight. It's the Klang Valley Bible Conference. So what it stands for? KVBC? Um, I think so. And that's happening tonight. Um, and it's going to be on the topic of dying well. Um, here is an interview with uh, the speaker. It's not this guy. This guy is organizing it. But um, it's this guy named Peter Jensen. Uh, let me see. Okay. Yep, there he is. Peter Jensen will be speaking tonight on the topic of dying well. Um, and I think it involves just so many uh, factors. You know, what does it mean to die? What does it mean to die in a way that maybe even glorifies God? Uh, it's a difficult topic, and yet it is so relevant because all of us will have to face this reality. Uh, but again, it's happening tonight online, but you're able to watch uh, it in person in several locations that are setting up watch parties. Uh, I think there's one in the city. Uh, there's one here in PJ that I'm going to. I just signed up for it a couple of hours ago. And there's even one in Ipoh. And it begins at 8.15 p.m. It uh, goes all the way to 10 p.m. So I, I think this is such a good idea. Um, I'm not sure why it didn't occur to me that this is what was happening. I, I, I thought watch party meant that uh, you just um, got a few friends together and you sat in front of the computer. But this makes so much sense because you can gather with other people. And so it's like a mini event. And it isn't just looking at a computer screen, but um, uh, it's you gathering with other believers and maybe even... Uh, listening together and discussing together some of the topics that will be uh, discussed in the talks um, tonight till Wednesday. So yeah, uh, KVBC, uh, Klang Valley Bible Conference, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, it's happening today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of August. Uh, you can watch it online. I mean, you can sign up and just watch it uh, using a link. Or you can join one of the watch parties. I would recommend actually joining one of the physical parties and just, um, you know, making an event, you know, setting that time aside and just joining other Christians to listen on this very interesting topic of dying well. Okay, with that being said, uh, uh, welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. Um, I, by the way, I, I am recording this in Malaysia. I think this um, is the first, like, proper episode that I'm recording uh, here in my home in PJ, and I'm just picking up from uh, that Bible reading plan that I usually follow. Uh, it allocates like four Bible passages every day. And if you read these four passages, uh, some from the New Testament, some from the Old Testament, essentially what happens is you go through the entire Bible in a year. And so for today, uh, one of those four passages is Jeremiah chapter 28. Uh, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to look at Jeremiah 28. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, pray for KBBC. Uh, pray for uh, faithfulness and clarity uh, for Peter as he speaks to us on this topic of dying well. And pray for a kind of response and repentance uh, from those listening to it, uh, for myself as well. Uh, now for your word, help us to um, listen, help us to respond with faith and repentance in Christ. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is Jeremiah 28. 
uh, in the fifth month of that same year, the fourth year, early in the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, the prophet Hananiah, son of Azur, who was from Gibeon, said to me in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priests and all the people, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I will bring back to this place all the articles of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, removed from here and took to Babylon. Verse 4, I will also bring back to this place Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the other exiles from Judah, who went to Babylon, declares the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. So let me just pause there, just trying to make sense of what I just read. So it looks like there's this prophet whose name is Hananiah, and he's bringing about good news. You know, it's, it says, uh, he says that God is going to defeat this enemy king, He's going to bring back all the stuff that's been stolen from the temple. And he's also going to bring back the king, the king who's been exiled, who's been captured by uh, this enemy king called Nebuchadnezzar. He's going to free him and bring him back to the land. So very, very good news of peace, of restoration, of prosperity for the people of God from this prophet of God named Hananiah. Uh, verse 5. Then the prophet Jeremiah uh, replied to the prophet Hananiah before the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord in the temple. Verse 6, he said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words you prophesied by bringing the articles of the Lord's house and all the exiles back to this place from Babylon. So not just the stuff, but the people as well who have been captured, bringing them back home from this enemy nation that took them away, that stole them away. Verse 27, Nevertheless, listen to what I have to say in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. From early times, the prophets who preceded you and me have prophesied war, disaster, and plague against many countries and great kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesies peace will be recognized as one truly sent by the Lord only if his prediction comes true. So interesting. So uh, Jeremiah, who wrote uh, this book of Jeremiah, uh, is almost affirming this word of peace by this other prophet called Hananiah. He says, Amen. I hope that this happens. I hope that God really restores this country. We've been through so much you know, war. You know, our people have been taken as prisoners, I hope that God really fulfills the word that you speak. But he, he gives a kind of caveat. He says, we've had so much word of warning and judgment and war. He says, you know, uh, verse 8, from early times, the prophet before you and me, they've all prophesied war. So it's been war, 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 war. And for you to bring now this word of peace, you know, of peace, you know, he says, this is just so refreshing, but he says you will only be recognized as someone truly sent by the Lord if your prediction comes true. And he's almost saying that I hope it does. You know, I, I really, in my heart of hearts, pray that God fulfills this prophecy. Uh, verse 10, Then the prophet Hananiah took the yoke 
off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah and broke it. And he said before all the people, this is what the Lord says. In the same way, I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, off the neck of all the nations within two years. At this, the prophet Jeremiah went on his way. So a yoke is this big bar of wood that usually you put on animals and they use it's it's meant to connect or uh yeah connect the animals to a plow or to a cart or something like that but essentially it enslaves the cow and says i'm going to break that piece of slavery i'm going to free you i'm going to break this stronghold that the enemy has over you this yoke um this is interesting because actually this yoke, you must be wondering, why, why is there a yoke on Jeremiah's back? <laughs> What's he doing with this yoke? But already says that there is this thing on his back. And if you look back to the previous chapter, so in chapter 27, I think God, God told Jeremiah to put this yoke on. So Jeremiah 27, verse 1, the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Verse 2, this is what the Lord said to me. Make a yoke out of straps and crossbars. Put it on your neck. And so essentially, it's a picture of how there's going to be this oppression, this slavery that God's going to send on the people. And they're meant to submit to this as, you know, understanding that God sent this. And this is actually judgment that has come from God. And actually, uh, um, God will punish a nation that doesn't bow under this yoke. Verse 8 uh, of chapter 27, uh, if any nation kingdom does not serve Nebuchadnezzar, does not bow its neck under its yoke, I will punish that nation with the sword, famine, and plague. So that means something worse will happen. So in other words, uh, what you have here isn't just one prophet, Hananiah, proclaiming peace, you know, proclaiming freedom, breaking the yoke, but one prophet coming to um, go against the word of another prophet. He's actually breaking that word that Jeremiah gave in the previous chapter. And he actually gives a timeline. He actually says, um, what was it in verse uh, 11, I think? Uh, uh, this is what the Lord says, I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar and all the nations within two years. So he gives a timeline. In two years, this is going to happen. You're going to be free. Nebuchadnezzar is going to be destroyed. And the yoke is going to be broken. Verse 12 of chapter 28. Shortly after the prophet Hananiah had broken the yoke off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, go and tell Hananiah, this is what the Lord says. You have broken a wooden yoke, but in its place you will get a yoke of iron. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. I will put an iron yoke on the necks of all these nations to make them serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they will serve him. I will even give him control over the wild animals. Verse 15, Then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, Listen, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, yet you have persuaded this nation to trust in lies. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I am about to remove you from the face of the earth. This very year, you're going to die because you've preached rebellion against the Lord. In the seventh month of that same year, Hananiah, the prophet, died. Interesting. Um, more timelines. Um, 
that this year he's going to die. <laughs> so it's a form of judgment against this false prophet. God says, I did not give you that word. And um, Jeremiah finally uncovers his falseness, <laughs> the lies of this prophet of peace. He says, God did not send you and to prove that you're going to die. And he did die in the seventh month of that same year. And you look back to verse 1, it was the fifth month, so two months of advance notice that he was going to die, and he died, which means he did not repent in these two months. So what do we learn from this? Uh, looking at these two prophets, one prophesying peace, one prophesying war, one prophesying freedom, one prophesying slavery, and it turns out the one prophesying peace is the false prophet. What do we learn from this? Well, learn, we, we learn how um, maybe how we all want peace, I guess. You know, we want to hear what we want to hear. We want to believe what we want to believe. And here comes someone who gives us something that everyone, including Jeremiah, that everyone wants to hear, that God wants to bless us. God wants to speak peace to us. And it means it's almost understandable. Now, of course, you know, false prophecy, very bad. Don't do that. Don't listen to that. But you, you can almost understand why people listen to such news because, you know, it, it sounds so much better than the bad news. It's understandable. And I think we see this in Jeremiah's response. He says, Amen, verse 6. Amen, may the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words you prophesied. So even Jeremiah, who himself was speaking from God this word of warning and judgment, calling people to repent and to, you know, maybe even accept this punishment from God and and maybe God will show mercy. Even he thinks, wow, you know, if only what you're saying about God's blessing and freedom and peace were true. And it shows that it is really, really tempting. But at the same time, I think it shows how gracious Jeremiah is as a listener. <laughs> you know, he's essentially listening to false prophecy. And he's almost picking up the good bits from it. Now, I think here is something that maybe my very conservative, evangelical, you know, biblical theology friends could learn to listen with grace. Now, of course, you have to listen with discernment, uh, but Jeremiah is about as condemning as you get <laughs> in terms of judgment, as forceful, as faithful as you can get in terms of uh, when you think of a pastor, as a preacher, as a prophet. And even he is gracious in listening to this false prophecy because he almost picks out the things that are good, that he even he wishes were true. Turns out it isn't. Again, God speaks to him to correct this truth. But his first instinct isn't to go, hey, you, you know, you, you, you're, 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 you're speaking something that's false. And because sometimes there's that ego bit in us that makes us do that, said, oh, I was saying this and you said something against me. You know, there is none of that in Jeremiah because otherwise he wouldn't have said this. You know, that means he doesn't put his ego into his preaching. He doesn't um, lash out on people who say something different from him. And I think especially, you know, when you hear a sermon that maybe isn't like the best sermon in the world, you know, the first instinct should be to be gracious, to listen with ears of grace, to uh, maybe even notice things that would be so great if, if you know, God would bless us in this way, and to commend that. Uh, and I think in doing that, you almost are 
convicting someone's conscience if they maybe aren't giving the best sermon or most orthodox sermon that he could. And I think maybe Jeremiah, uh, in his gracious response, you know, uh, gave that opportunity to Hananiah to repent. But he didn't. He didn't. Instead, what he did was he made it even more obvious that he was saying something different. He took the yoke and he broke it. Kind of like to make a point, you know, this thing that you were, it's almost like tearing up your sermon notes, right? So Jeremiah had this sermon illustration of this yoke on his neck. This other guy, preacher, comes, takes him, breaks it. It's like, ah, oh, this is all nonsense. And again, that guy is wrong. You know, he uh, is the false prophet. But when, I mean, when you think of the way that people respond to public preaching or churches these days, who is the one doing the breaking? Who's the one making a big show of things? You know, I, I you know, honestly, I, I have to, I, I'm quite convicted here and I'm the one doing this video, right? And I'm the one making a show of things. Uh, and, and, you know, let me just say that this is a word for me. You know, the fact that sometimes, you know, I have access to this and I'm speaking to you directly and I'm not even sure who it is that's watching this, but I can't imagine. But, uh, uh, but you know, there needs to be a certain responsibility in maybe in terms of maybe not being too rash or too heated in my emotions when I speak these things. But again, when you think of the people doing these things, you know, unfortunately, these are people who think they are in the right who think they're defending the truth, who think they're speaking on behalf of God. But here we see the person who is doing that is actually Hananiah, and the person who is so patient to the point of fault, to the point of almost endorsing false prosperity preaching, is actually Jeremiah. And really, I think it convicts us when you look at who are the people making a lot of noise, and who are the people almost absorbing all these... Uh, um, their own maybe reactions in order just to filter filter through as much grace as as much uh, um, um, love as possible in the way that they react even to something that might uh, be offensive or uh, might not be exactly hundred percent true. I think just that response element has a lot to say to the way that. Uh, we speak to one another, especially on social media, especially on um, you know YouTube and Facebook, that kind of thing, and especially to me. Again, especially to me, uh, I think about some of the recent videos I did, um, and and you can look look at them in my timeline. So uh, uh, this is very convicting. You know, Jeremiah actually his first response is grace, but of course, you know, God speaks to him, and then he corrects that response. You know, God comes to him and says, uh, "This is." What the Lord Almighty says, verse 14, I will put an iron yoke on the necks of these nations. So Jeremiah comes to reaffirm that there is judgment. You know, you can't run away from it. You can't preach prosperity out of it, that this is really God's true word and that God will send them into captivity. Nebuchadnezzar will come and overpower and maybe even destroy the capital, that kind of thing. And so... Um, there's that that's happening. So the message prevails that Jeremiah says that there'll be, I think, what, 70 years of captivity or something like that. It's not two years until they, they are free, but 70 years up ahead that's going to be really, really tough. And then after that, you know, um, it will come to an end, but still, you know, there's going to be this period of judgment and purification that comes from God. But also there's going to be this particular judgment that comes on this false prophet named Hananiah. 
Uh, so verse 15, listen, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, yet you've persuaded this nation to trust in lies. You know, you've influenced everyone to believe this lie that God has not given to them to trust in. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I'm about to remove you from the face of the earth this very year you're going to die because you preach rebellion against the Lord. Yeah, and so it's a personal word of judgment towards this single prophet, single influencer who's been leading people away from God. And, uh, you know, what do we do with that? You know, here is someone uh, who has been maybe preaching a false gospel, but even so has been given a warning that gives him opportunity to repent. You know, you shouldn't be saying these things. You should know better. You know, obviously God didn't give you this word, but you've been saying, thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord. You've just been saying essentially what people want to hear. But even so, there's opportunity for you to turn back. There's so much grace here. You know, this year you're going to die, but it's not today. You know, this year God is going to punish you, but not right now. Meaning right now you can repent. Right now you can turn back. But he doesn't, and so two months later he died. But even so, you know, he had two months. Turn back to God, you know, to maybe, you know, repent of his preaching, to, um, yeah, to call others to repentance as well. He didn't. And so uh, as a testimony to the faithfulness of Jeremiah, God pours out the judgment that he promised on this one individual. And this then is the sign that God will pour out his judgment that he promised towards this entire nation. So, yeah, yeah I, I think already that there's so much points of application uh, today. Um, and maybe even connection to tonight's theme of dying well. You know, this guy did not die well. <laughs> he was told that he was going to die. And he, he was given the opportunity to, I guess, not die, to repent, to turn back to God. But because he believed in this lie, maybe he believed in himself. You know, I'm the one who's gaining this popular following because everyone's believing me. No one's believing you, Jeremiah. And so he died, essentially confirming that he was lying. And so he did not die well. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at, as that. I'm sure that there, there are more things that we can take out of this passage. But for now, really just two things. I'm on that graciousness and response and really that opportunity to repent, you know, to be gracious. Even when you hear something that we don't like, not to take it personally, but to be gracious, to, to, to look for the good and to respond with a kind of patience, even towards something that um, might, be, might be wrong. I, I, I'm not sure whether that's, that's the right application, but yeah, I think that graciousness is so important and patience as well. But secondly, that opportunity to repent. You know, God gives us that opportunity to turn to Christ, to turn away from lies, to believe in the truth of the gospel. And that is a sign of God's uh, forbearance in holding back that judgment and holding out the offer of eternal life through forgiveness in Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. It is very pertinent, <laughs> very convicting uh, towards people like me who speak publicly about what we believe and maybe in a in a way that should be more restrained, more patient, and more gracious. Um, help me, Lord. 
help me to recognize that my first response should always be the gospel, that I myself need to repent before I call others to do this. And in, even in doing so, you know, in speaking your word and calling for people to put their faith in Christ, that I do so in a way that gives them the opportunity to do this, <laughs> not to condemn them in such a way that pushes them away, but even in speaking of judgment to uh, point towards forgiveness, and even in speaking about condemnation to point towards uh, eternal life. Uh, thank you that there is a gospel. Thank you that there is a Christ who takes this judgment upon himself, our death upon himself, and holds out uh, this offer of eternal life that we can receive by faith and trust in him. Uh, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this has been the Daily Bible Reading Show, looking at Jeremiah chapter 28. And again, just one last word of reminder that the KBBC um, talk, it's happening tonight on the topic of dying well. It's something that you can watch online or in person in various locations in um, the Klang Valley and also in uh, Ipoh if you want to, and I do commend that. Uh, and thank you for watching and take care and God bless. Bye. Shh.